One thing that's true for all moms, we have a lot of stories to tell. Some are silly, some are gross, some bring us to tears. With each story that's shared, another mom feels a little less alone. So join us as we laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. Abby, Chloe, Susan, Megan here again this week to talk about back talk. And I was just remembering a story from a friend of mine. Her name is Nicole and her daughter. Um, it, it was a perfect storm. She became a teenager. I think she was like 14 or so. I don't know if she was a, a freshman, maybe. Um, and the same time joined the debate club at school. That was her extracurricular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so Nicole told me one day, she said, uh, yeah, I told um, my, I'm not going to say her daughter's name, so I'm going to told her to do something. And her response was to back talk and to say no. And when Nicole was like, no, you're, you're going to do that. She said, well, I'm exercising my right to XYZ. Like the, the debate did not hold water. Like there was, she's like, you need more time in the debate club because this is not a good argument, <laughs> but also absolutely not. And I thought, my goodness, like the Back talk must be one of the most frustrating things for a parent to have to deal with because it just feels so disrespectful. It t- automatically escalates or it can automatically escalate into like this battle of wills against each other. And so I wanted to chat about back talk today. And uh, first of all, ask you guys, like, how do you define talking back? Like, what is back talk to you? Because I think people kind of for some people, it has to be disrespectful. For some people, it's any response that is in disagreement. Any responses? Yeah, I agree with that definition. I would also say, um, you know, with a snarky, disrespectful, bad attitude too. What about you, Chloe? I think, oh gosh, it is such a case-by-case thing because I think backtalk doesn't necessarily have to be disrespectful in tone, but if it's like, hmm, did you talk back as a kid? Sometimes, not often. Yeah, I, d- I don't think I, I talked back much, much as a child. Susan, did any of your kids push it with you? Yeah, it's so funny because it really depends. The de- it's interesting to me that you asked the definition because my husband and I would have a different definition. He had a very he had a much higher uh, standard of what he termed was respect than I did. Would you say, Megan, I think I saw a lot of talk, talking back sometimes depend, it all depended on their heart motive. I, I did not mind arguing or questioning. It was really a tone thing, but Megan, what, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I think his would also be tone too, but, uh, his was more immediate obedience. I think an immediate, like, yes, sir do what I say, you know, and then move on. Um, I think you didn't just want the response of us saying yes, ma'am, or whatever it might be, but you wanted to see the actual communicate or hear the actual communication of how we were going to rectify that behavior or whatever it might've been. You agree, Susan? Yeah, I was more, a little more concerned with um, not just the outward obedience, but the inward, okay, yeah. yes, I am going to do it. And I agree, you know, I, I don't love it, but I agree. Uh, uh, Mark wanted out- outward compliance immediately. With yeah, respect. I, I think that that is really the crux of the entire discussion is how do you know and what do you do? Because back talk, 
I want my kids to to talk to me. I don't really want to create little little zombies or kids that just go, yes, ma'am, and walk away and either do it or don't do it, but mm-hmm. in their heart are bitter or yeah. whatever toward me. You know, mm-hmm. I want a child that that wants to understand the reason and wants to question in a respectful way and then learn. And I think that sometimes if they just say, yes, ma'am, and walk away and grumble, they're not necessarily learning. How do you encourage an environment of dialogue and um, that leads to obedience, but also like, I know there's got to be a limit to that where it's... Right, right. There's a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm done talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) I do think, you know, Kids are little people, and I th- we think we have to remember sometimes when they talk back, it's because they've had a bad day, they're tired, they're frustrated, they don't want to do what you asked. And so in that case, when you know they're just not even thinking, they're just, you know, talking back because they're frustrated, it's okay to just say, you know what, the way you just said that to me is is not is not the way I want to hear it, and it could go down the wrong path. I'm going to give you a chance to say that again. Mm. And remember, I'm your mom. Who are you talking to? So I asked you a very simple question and you didn't answer me in a kind way. So let's try this whole thing again and just remind them here we are, you know, cause some of it is they, they walk in from being exhausted from school and you're like, Hey, you dropped your shoes there, pick it up. And they go, I'm not picking up my shoes. You know, they just, whatever it is. Um, now the other case is they are, being rebellious and if you just make them conform they may conform outwardly but inside they're not conforming and they're being belligerent that that's just not healthy because then they're just learning to stuff it and they're it's going to come out in another way so okay with the i'm not picking up my shoes example what if they were like i i really want to do the laundry in my room first or i really want to do my homework first is that they're trying to be disobedient, but they're trying to do it in a way that yeah. that is a little bit manipulative, maybe? Uh, right. What's the answer to that one? Well, I think you have to make sure. So sometimes, especially as they get older, they come in from school, they've had a hard practice or whatever, and they're frustrated and you want them, their job this week, our kids used to rotate chores, is to, do, is to empty the dishwasher. And you want them to empty the dishwasher because you know you're about to have dinner and you're going to put more dishes in it. Mm. And they're like... I really have to get on this assignment or something. I have a major test tomorrow. And so they may say, and I'm okay with that. Explain that. Hey, mom, I had this major test. It was a hard practice in football. I need to get on this or I'm not going to get it done. Can I have a pass? Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, or can I do the dishes tomorrow instead? Can, you know, one of the other kids do them for me tonight because I'm in the weeds and I need help. Yeah. I think I have that kind of conversation with my older son, especially now, you know, with school versus in the summer when it's school time, almost on a weekly basis, (laughs) because it'll be, I'll say, you know, this really needs to be done first. And he'll say, but X, Y, Z. And so there's that, but as in like, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. But if he actually has a decent argument, I'll, I'll say, you know what? okay, I see what you're saying. I get it. And so go ahead. But then other times you just kind of get the sense 
of, of whether or not they're manipulating you or trying to be disobedient, I think you just kind of know your kid and you got to do it case by case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is good segue, actually. And we have a great article on imom.com about the different types of backtalkers. And Susan, you kind of touched on two of them already. One of them is the tired backtalker. So this is the overscheduled child or the kid that is just tired, fatigued, and that compromises his impulse control and his balance. And so when you tell him to do something, he just kind of snaps because we all do when we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a parent, you can remedy the situation by making sure your kid gets enough sleep. I mean, I think that's step one. And then if you have a tired kid, a weepy kid, especially you know a girl who's like angry with you and you can see in her eyes that she's holding back tears, mm-hmm. um, I think you have to stay on your ground and say, this isn't appropriate. I know you're tired, but this isn't how we health express ourselves in a healthy way. Yeah, That's the tired back talker. There's also the impulsive back talker. This is the kid who just blurts stuff out because he hasn't thought through. Sometimes th- that's a child that battles ADHD. Um, a great exercise for this is playing Simon Says. I know, I know we've talked about that before, but like these impulse control games are really, really helpful. Red light, green light, stuff like that. So you have a little one. Mm. Um, that's a great one. Another type of back talker is the on and on back talker. And this is the kid that has to get the last word. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like shouting at each other from across the house. Fine, 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 <laughs> fine, fine. Um, and then the disrespectful back talker. Chloe, you said you, ha- you were or you were not? You said you were not a... A back talker? I think if I was going to go into any of those, it would just been the fourth one. Like, I don't think I did it consistently. I think I just did it on, like, if I was really going through something and I would say something, and but I would regret it. I love my parents so much. Yeah. What do you think is the, I think the knee-jerk response, and I'm not saying it's the wrong response, but it's to say, I will not allow you to speak to me that way. What, do you think that that's a good, do you think that's effective? Do you think it actually reaches the child I mean you're you're giving some kind of consequence you know I'm not gonna allow you to speak to me that way you've lost xyz privilege or whatever but a kid who's being disrespectful or trying to rebel do they care what you allow or don't allow that's what I was thinking I guess it depends on the kid yeah and I was gonna say I mean I think yeah it depends on the kid and sometimes I think in those situations you just have to end the conversation because Mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere um like you were saying if the kid is tired or whatever it might be, I think sometimes the conversation just has to end because yeah. it's just going to escalate. So like I said, I do have a back talker, but I don't think it's out of disrespect. I think that because he shows me respect in other ways. I yeah. know that my older son respects me. Um, I think that he wants me to see the situation the way that he sees it first. That is, that's the main objective. He also wants me to agree, but there's some lines of thought, some people that say that when kids talk back, they're exercising an important life skill. It's called a positive assertion of self. And this is kind of the category I think my son falls under. In other words, they're proving that they have an opinion and they're willing to share it, which I think most parents want for their kids. But how do we encourage this positive assertion of self, maybe make it clear that you can't talk back disrespectfully? Do you understand what I'm saying? We want them to have an opinion. We want them yeah. to to speak it. So how do we not just allow the the back talk freely? Gosh, I think this is such an important life skill, even for work, because you know, uh, 
depending on their age, you're kind of preparing them for relationships outside their family for the rest of their life. And not talking back is just a form of respect. It's saying, I'm willing to, um, you know, hold on my opinions or in order to listen to you and your ideas and okay, can we move the conversation forward in compromise and collaboration versus me either losing my temper or stomping off and saying no. And I think we see this in our culture all the time. We cancel each other, Mm. which is just disrespect. It's just the same thing. It's the same thing our kids do. They try to shut us down and say, I don't have to do it. I don't have to listen. I don't have to just cancel culture. Well, yeah, but saying to your child, you know, you know, you cannot talk, talk back what I say goes. And if you don't agree with me, then, you you know, this is my roof, you're you're learning all the all the cliche lines. It is kind Mm -hmm. of that same cancel culture attitude of well, if you don't like what I have to say, then go away. Yeah, I, I I feel like there's a way to uh, encourage a child to have an opinion, but have them understand that it doesn't always need to be voiced. Because in the situation of work, Susan, that you're talking about, sometimes you are in a you know, meeting with someone and you were thinking, okay, I don't agree with that, but this isn't the time. This isn't a respectful place to have this conversation. Let me, and also, who's the person giving me this these instructions? Because if it's my boss, she knows more than I do about the situation. So maybe I'll have this in the back of my head and if it comes up, I'll, I'll bring it up to her again. But for now, this isn't about me. This isn't about my opinion. But that's something that's got to be coached. I think depending on the age of the child, you start introducing that concept. So, hey, so in this situation, you're a child, I'm an adult. We need to talk about why I'm asking you to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, those shoes that you left on the floor when you, uh, you know, at the, in the doorway, in the hallway, right when you walked in, you know, your dad can walk in carrying something and trip over those shoes. So let's think about why we, you need to move those shoes now. I just um, have that conversation with Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Did he talk back? Did your husband talk back? No, to he you? didn't because he saw me. He, you know, he works outside in construction and I kicked his work boot and Ooh. he saw me and it was like, I was like, this is why you need to pick up your shoes. <laughs> Perfect way to say it. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah really the tough thing is we as parents have to enter into the conversation of explaining the why behind whatever is frustrating them that they don't want to do that they're talking back about. Yeah, I think that a good tool would be to say, I want to hear what you have to say, and I'm willing to hear what you have to say, but there's a time and a place to do uh-huh. it and a way, you know, way to do this. And so, and you talking back when I'm trying to get dinner ready or X, Y, Z is not the way to do it. And yeah. then, yeah, going forward when they're at work or in a situation at school, they can model that. and Because um, that's still teaching self-control. Mm-hmm. It's, it is self-control because you're holding on to your opinion and you're waiting for the appropriate time to share it. Yeah. Mary Jo, one of our I'm on writers, she used to teach and she said she always liked it when kids asked these thought-provoking questions, like in response to something that she would say. But when they argued or refused to cooperate, she said it made her feel like she didn't have control in the room. And she wondered if those kids were allowed to talk back to their parents at home. She said teachers, you know, teachers talk. (laughs) And a lot of them wonder, you know, these kids that are constantly disagreeing or pushing back, you have to wonder, like, what's going on at home? So her question for us was, you know, do, do we think that allowing kids to talk back and not disciplining condones the behavior and gives them the green light to be argumentative? later in life I, it makes sense to me yeah yeah I think so too yeah I think there's a difference between challenging 
and talking back, mm. challenging your parent and saying, well, I don't understand why I have to do this um, versus talking back like, I know your rules and I don't care. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. It's <laughs> more rebellious. I agree. So to the mom who has a back talker at home, the one that says the things that make you like grit your teeth, what is our, what is, what's our wisdom for her? What's our, our prayer for her? How does she get through the next back talk? Lock yourself in your room. <laughs> Find the floor of your closet. I think lunch. it's like everything else. It take it. Okay. If you've been allowing your ch- child to do it for a long time, it's going to take a long time to break it. I mean, you're going to have to be really consistent. If your child is young, get it under control right now. Give them the opportunity to do it over. Okay. This is how you just said that. That is not respectful to mommy or daddy or your friends or anybody. So can you say it like this and teach them how to say it in in the right way? And you got to be consistent. You got to take the time to teach them. Yeah. And pray for patience, I think. (laughs) Yeah. All right, we'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at imom.com. And we just thank you so much for listening and find um, great printables in the show notes. We'll include a few of those there, including the prayers for moms. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.